listening to a Kook Media production. The Every Moment podcast aims to inspire, encourage, and equip listeners to navigate their own faith journeys with purpose, authenticity, and resilience. Listen in as Colorado Christian University's President Eric Hogue provides a relevant conversation with business and cultural leaders where the gospel of Jesus Christ is discussed with relevance and intentionality. Well, welcome to the Every Moment Podcast. This is President Hogue here on the campus of Colorado Christian University, and I am more than honored of my guest attending tonight. Boy, we, we, go, we go back a few, and as we reflect, God has been evident in our lives for the past. Now, here's where it gets dangerous. So some if I say 10 years, is it is it really 10? It's probably more than 10, is it not? It's actually more than 20. No, no. <laughs> Don't say that. How about that? Oh, my guest is uh, Samuel uh, Sosama Samuel Burnett. She is a uh, was a longtime dean at William Jessup University, a dean of public policy. She graduated from Georgetown University. She saw all the good basketball teams at Georgetown. Am I right? There, there were some pretty good games. Yeah. Sosama and I worked together at Jessup, and uh, she relocated to Colorado, and I think we followed you to Colorado and a couple of years thereafter. So, Sosma, thanks for the time tonight. It's uh, it's great to see you. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Eric. You know, public policy, um, boy, I, I tell you, it is, you know, ahead of what we'll talk about here in the moment, but just politics altogether. Uh, oil and water, it seems these days. Christians and politics. Um, evangelicals and uh, ideology. I mean, how do you, from your expertise and your many years of, of being a dean and still what you do in global justice, how do you, how do you uh, solve the friction between the two? No, I think the simplest way is to look at a specific event because there's one event that really sparked public policy department and I think continues with the work that we're doing here in global justice, which we'll talk about in a moment. But 9-11... Uh, 2001 was a remarkable event, and it was an event that uh, was tragic in many, many ways, but it was an event that was galvanizing. It was an opportunity for the whole world to say, hey, enough of extremism, enough of violence, enough of all of these things that are wrong and bad in our world, and it's time for everyone to step forward, whether you're a teacher, a service provider, whether you are a political figure. Everyone needed to come to the table in that moment in time. And for me, as a Christian, as a policy person as well, I felt like I had to come to the table as well. And um, so what moved me was that event made me realize that I didn't want my children or anyone else's children to have to experience what we experienced on that day. So that became the impetus to establishing the public policy program. And that became the impetus to infuse it with Christian values. Because when we have those values and you also are pursuing policy, you have an opportunity to meld two powerful things to, to be forces against that kind of evil. Hmm. Do you ever grow hopeless? I mean, I'll, I'll confess, you know, the human condition. I, I get there. You know, you, you engage, and I say you generally, all of us, we engage in the uh, political arena, in the town hall, in the public square, and it just never seems to make a difference. Do you ever grow hopeless? Because I, I confess I do sometimes. Well, I think there are moments when we become distressed. There are moments that we might get depressed or even just wonder what is happening, Right. Um, I don't go hopeless because uh, we know that Jesus has done it all for us, right? So we never have to lose hope because he has done it and he is the ultimate victor and we know how the story ends, right? 
So in that sense, we never have to be hopeless, but we can be troubled. And I think that's very normal. And, you know, if you're not distressed by the things going on in this world, you know, we don't have a pulse, right? We really need to be able to be bothered by the things that are happening in our world because that's what gives us the momentum to start saying, hey, we got to do something. Hmm. Well, and, uh, you know, you, you, you probably uh, are watching the news and we're recording this at a time where, you know, once again, I mean, we, we can we can name the years where the Gaza Strip and Hamas and and the Palestinian territory and Israel are, are upside down. Well, we're upside down again, and this is a big one. I mean, this is uh, this is one of the the largest um, acts of terrorism that we've seen in quite some time in that geography. How do you how do you summarize what's going on again, 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 Sosama? Well, three things to note. First, this is history that keeps repeating itself and not just for you know a few decades or even a, a couple of hundred years. This is millennia type of things, right? These are concerns and conflicts that have gone on for, for just centuries upon centuries. And that's one thing for us to keep in mind. This is, this is larger historical scope that we need to be aware of. The second is, this is terrorism, right? Uh, this is the same type of concern that I mentioned you know, when we started this conversation about 9-11. We cannot and should never allow terrorist activities, conflicts like this, you know, aggressive behaviors and violence against innocents ever stand. That's not ever acceptable. And in this case, I think the toll is already 700, some people, maybe more. Uh, it's just devastating. And, you know, this is not the way that any civil society should function. And so the world do, does need to take a stand, no matter where you fall on the spectrum. You know, Israel is an ally, and we have to remember from a biblical perspective, you know, sort of Israel's place in this world. So from that perspective, we need to understand that this is not acceptable. But the third piece is also looking at that larger trajectory, remembering all the different elements that go into this, and having compassion and understanding that there's a lot of people fighting a lot of things. And so we need to be uh, aware of that, uh, alert to that, and kind of become a little bit more astute um, about how we uh, sort of process and address it. Hmm. You know, from our student standpoint, there's probably some nerves. I, I know when, when I was on campus as a young guy and, and things would happen in geopolitics, you always scratched your head. You didn't fully understand because you're, you're thinking about your life, right? You, the, you're young and then the, the majority of life is ahead of you. And you're thinking, what kind of, kind of culture am I going to enter? Where, where am I going to find my place in nursing or education or wherever it may be? What would you say to the students here at CCU living through a historic event like this and a weighty one? It's going to have some ramifications for years to come. What's your advice? Well, I would say to every student, first of all, you and I were students, right? We, we've had that experience, and we continue to be students, students of life and students of continuing, you know, sort of education. Um, secondly, that we also remember being in those generations and what it felt like. And every generation has had these moments. You know, there were different things in different generations, but it was these moments that made us have to sort of, you know, resolve what we were going to do with it, right? And I think for these students, this might be their moment. This might be one of several moments in their generation where they need to sort of make a decision how they're going to step up, how they're going to address this. And just as I, as a younger person, said, hey, I want to pursue these types of studies because this is how I want to go and be a service, there might be other students that might choose other callings, whether it be business, whether it's you know in the health professions. This is a moment for them just to determine how are they going to serve and how are they going to address these issues? So I think it's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Great transition or segue right into global justice because that's where you know you you were 
uh, in the academy, at the university, uh, dean of uh, public policy, working with students. Now the Lord has carried you into to global justice. First of all, tell us what you're doing with global justice and define it for all of us. Yeah, I, I think I'll have to give you a little background. So for years, you know, I served as a um, human rights lawyer, and so I worked as a human rights advocate for many years in different organizations. And then I joined William Jasper University and became a full-time professor. And so I was chair of the public policy department, as you mentioned. And so I had these two worlds, the advocacy world, the education world. And then through a host of events, about 10 years ago, my family moved to Colorado. And at that point, through you know several events that happened, I, I said a prayer to the Lord. I said, okay, now, Lord, now what? <laughs> we got here to this whole new place, whole new experience. Do I go back to advocacy? Do I, do I go back to education? And his message was, why don't you use it all? Why don't you take all these experiences you've had, your educational experiences, your professional experiences, your time with students, and why didn't you become this resource to everyone? And um, with a central purpose, and that was biblical justice. And biblical justice is a much broader thing. When people hear justice, it becomes very volatile, right? Criminal justice, restorative justice, you know, social justice. But biblical justice is something else that's captured by Micah 6, 8, which says, do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. And so that became the impetus for Global Justice. So Global is an international nonprofit organization, but our sole focus is to live out Micah 6-8. We're here to be a resource to help people, help organization, and help or institutions really pursue justice in a biblical manner. Hmm. And, and how do people get involved? I mean, um, a web page, uh, local activities, national, what, what type of uh, magnet do you have for listeners to, to help you out with the effort here? Lots. <laughs> so we have our website, which is www.globaljusticeonline.org. And I really welcome everyone to visit. There's so many great resources there for people, especially students. Um, there's a clearinghouse where they can access research information. There's global news. There's lots of event information, etc. We have many different social media platforms, both from Global Justice as well as one of our projects, the Global Market. So you can find us on Instagram, on um, uh, Twitter, or X, I guess, and then we also yeah. have uh, in uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, so you can find us in a lot of those places. When you come out to Loveland, Colorado, which is where we're based, we have a beautiful building called Micah Place, um, dedicated to Micah Six Eight, and that particular place is where we host many different kinds of events, from you know substantive forums to really fun uh, opportunities like coffee and tea events, as well as dance and art events. And so it's just a wonderful variety of ways for people to access justice. Well, I, I would work well for the coffee and the tea, not for the dancing and the art. Uh, I, don't, I don't have that. <laughs> I invite you to all. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about it before we uh, set for uh, live production. You know, how do you, what do you do now? Do you X on X? Because you used to tweet on Twitter, right? It just sounds so so clunky these days. Um, where are you focused now on global justice? I mean, are there, are there hot spots or, or top three that you're focusing on? You know, we work around the world and we work locally, nationally, and internationally. So on a local level right now, our focus has been on homelessness because that is a very complex issue that is affecting every part of our country, but especially here locally. We did a five uh, city study that we worked on for about a year. So that's been a high priority. Nationally, our focus has been at both nationally and internationally on anti-trafficking. We're very concerned about that topic because it has grown tremendously over the years. And then on top of that, you know, globally, we're looking at issues like what we talked about today, these conflict zones, and how can we address those conflicts in these very volatile places, um, not just you know, in Israel, but also places like Turkey and Ukraine. Um, these are all places that we want to um, bring some sense of 
not just rule of law, but biblical perspective. Mm. Simply amazing. You know, Sosama, you've been such a leader in, in, in so many arenas. Um, at CCU, we want to graduate our students to be leaders and not followers. Um, I started out with the uh, the word on hope. I believe the hope for the for the, the decay and the defray and the hopelessness of America are the students here at CCU and students around Christ-centered higher education. Um, woman of faith, leader, academic, uh, nonprofit uh, director, what advice do you give to our students in the, in the years they're looking either here or when they graduate uh, across the stage in spring? Jesus is the hope of the world. And no matter what we do, and no matter what we study and what we pursue as a calling, ultimately we're here as instruments for his purposes. When the Lord is with us, you know, all we have to do is hold on. He'll take us wherever we need to go to accomplish his will. And that is what I want everyone to hold on to. When we are distressed and we're troubled about what's happening in our communities, what's happening in our nation, what's happening in our world, let's just join in with what God is doing. He works all things for the good, even the most difficult. And when we are pressed into that work, uh, we get to do some exciting things with them. Well, personally, Sosama, thank you. Tammy and I, uh, appreciative of you. Um, love what you stand for. Love what you're doing and uh, love your family. Thank you so much for the years of support and friendship. And we'll journey on for the glory of God's name together. Thank you. And blessings to you and your leadership role at CCU. And we just love what CCU is doing in our well, thank you, Sosama. Sosama Samuel Burnett, my guest on the Every Moment podcast. She's living every moment for the glory of Jesus Christ as uh, she shares the gospel in every nook and cranny of her life. With that, we thank her and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the Every Moment podcast. Tune in next week as President Hogue leads a relevant conversation with another Christian thought leader. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Be sure to check out our video version on our website when it releases. This has been a Kook Media production.